My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her, I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Mm-hmm. But it's an empty road. I feel so. Tuesday, September 5th in the year 2023. And before we get going, you know that right now, all this craziness, they want your money. They want your hard-earned money. They want to take it out of your retirement accounts. They want to break you down. They want to put you down before them so you can bow down and kiss the ring of the great Babylonian kings and queens. And you can't let that happen. We've had Birch Gold with us as a sponsor for over a year. They've done incredible jobs in advising patriots on how to take their retirement wealth and get it into tax-deferred IRAs that are precious metals-backed. And it's worth talking to them to definitely get 
advice on what you need to preserve that hard-earned wealth because it's something you worked hard to do and you don't want the government to take it from you. Or worse, banksters and mobsters that run this world. So if you'll text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898, that's BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898, then away we go. And you're going to get your free packet in the in and link to that so you can study the precious metals process that they have. It's worth every bit of your time. And you'll be in good shape to protect your wealth when they try to crush the economy or whatever they're going to do. The inflation right now alone is killing everything. So again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. And Birch Gold will be right there to help you. You can get hold of them. You can learn a lot and advise you on your next steps. It's a great step. All right. I'm going to play a piece tonight I want you to hear on, on Lahaina. It came from what's called Grassroots Army. It's a really good discussion of somebody at the council meeting. Things that are going on in Lahaina right now are the typical hands of the, of the um, deep state. And I think the problem that we're, we're facing, and it's going to be the problem to overcome, we all want justice. We all want what's right and fair. We're really good at identifying the gaps of things, but we're trying to work within the system and, we're, and we start getting frustrated or try to proclaim the injustice or fairness of things because they're not playing by the rules. These are their rules, their rules. And we're in their system, in their Babylonian system, and we're calling things unfair. We're calling foul. That's, it doesn't work that way. Everything in this system, when you get to the elite level, is scripted. And then they get to do what they want while we get punished. And that's just a simple fact. I was just actually just texting um, Pastor Brad Cummings, and it was about the reveals coming out of about Obama. And the one the Tucker's been pursuing this pretty heavily lately, which I played it yesterday in the clips that he's doing on getting to the people. He, you know, Obama driving around D.C. having sex with other men in the back of his limo, snorting coke. And of course, we can argue the criminality of of snorting coke. Well, I hate to tell you, but these it's not going to carry any weight. What are you going to get in charge for? You're going to get a slap on the wrist. And having sex with another man in the in the back of your limousine isn't it. Now, as far as does it represent the United States, is it constitutional? Is it is it somebody that you want leading this nation? All the above. No. I don't think anywhere in the Constitution it encouraged people to go have sex with men in the back of the limousine, especially since our founding fathers were grounded in Christ. And the concept of being gay at that point in time, being gay used to be punishable by itself, but it's not anymore. And I say all this because there's no functioning in the law that is going to is going to go after someone who is a former president for snorting coke. I hate to say that, but it's true. It's not they're not going to waste their time. And when we start to get a place where we start to pursue those crimes to that level, now you're talking about transformational society, which means everybody's held accountable for these things. And this is this is the problem we're having right now. It's a system that is truly broken. And it's not one that's going to be repaired 
by claiming that the laws that we have are going to work because they don't. The laws are broken. They're set up intentionally as a double standard. And this is what I want to, why I want to play this piece for you from Lahaina. This is a city council meeting, but here's the trick. This is a meeting on housing. It's not a city council meeting. It's a housing meeting. And the housing meeting is not even being held in Maui. It's a Lahaina Maui housing meeting that's being held somewhere else on the big island or, or Oahu. I wasn't sure if it was Oahu or the big island. But the point is that this is how they do things. They have the money. They have the control. They manipulate the laws. They set up the obstacles so that the common person can't participate. And all of that is by design because what they disrespect is what we are. What they loathe is what we are. They do not like the free will and free thinking people of the world. All of that to them represents a creation of God. And they hate it because free thinking does not allow them to have control. And they love the idea of having control over people. These are a different race of people, literally. They become that anyway. And they see themselves as noble elite. What's most amazing is this group of people. In, is There's a probably about 20 of these council members, these housing council members that are sitting at a table. And they're supposed to be representing the views of the people, but they're there to make the decisions that they determine are best for the people without any inclusion of the people from Lahaina in it. Again, this is the classic way our government works, and it's something to get very serious about when you start to reflect on change. And when we start to look at the crimes that we're dealing with, for example, go back to Tucker's exposure. Tucker's exposure of Obama with gay men in the back of the limousine and snorting coke, that is simply an informational disclosure piece to try to frame Obama in what he really is and break down this iconal view that people have that somehow he's like the second coming. So that's very important in an information war. But why would you waste your time pursuing something like his crime of snorting coke? That's ridiculous. Well, the crime that you have to get to are the treasons. What he did, authorizing drone strikes on American citizens without due process, that's one. Trafficking kids is something we're highly suspect that he was involved with. That's another. So there's a lot of these things that are crimes. The crimes of him being a Manchurian candidate, actually having a Kenyan birth certificate, and having him backed by the CIA and put in place by the CIA with a fake family renting out two girls that became his supposed daughters while he walked around the White House with another man called Michelle that used to be his lover that now became a transgender so that they could try to transform the entire sense of what American constitutional life and presidency was like. Those are real crimes. But the crime of the relationship with a, with a transgender, not a crime. Those crimes of having somebody donate their daughters to you, last time I checked, probably not a crime unless it was done by force. See, so there's there, we have this problem of perception, and then we have this problem of our laws. But here's what we're missing in between. If we're going to reset this world and reset this nation in particular, we have to go to a place of moral law and common law, which common law is moral law by nature, and we have to get back to the laws of kingdom and laws of God. Then we can start holding people accountable to the reset. 
But right now, we're literally dealing with an exterior legal force, legal structure that we're trying to overlay on a constitution that itself was built on common law. And this is where they're able to find the rabbit holes and rat holes to move through, and we're not able to catch them. And so it has to be big things. In a, in a moral society, if a president in a moral Christian society, which is what we're supposed to be, had sex with a man in the back of a limo, that would be considered a crime worth removing him from the presidency. In a moral society, a Christian moral society, snorting coke would be an act worthy of being removed from presidency. But that's not where we are, and that's not the system we have, at least not yet. And that's the system we need to be moving towards. So I want to play this piece on Lahaina. It's about eight minutes, and I want you to hear this discussion. And the, the points of this discussion are accurate, but the part that I, I find difficult in all of these, and I, and I respect the present presenter here. The, the woman that's doing this presenting, I absolutely respect. And she's keeping a very level head. She's trying to be very reasoned in her approach. What the frustration is, is she's trying to be reasoned and she's talking to a bunch of deadbeat, deaf-eared people that are just placating her by looking at her and acting like they're listening when almost everyone on that chair in this council meeting is trying to figure out how quickly they can get rid of her so they can go about their regular agenda. And when you hear what's going on here and pay attention to the details, you're starting to see how they're rolling out Agenda 2030. Because what they've done is they've decimated an entire society People there locally know this was not a natural fire. And now what they're doing, and you'll hear her refer to it, is they're instituting a new housing policy to provide emergency housing in houses the locals no longer own. And on top of it, they have to be selected and determined if they can be housed in these new housings that the the housing commission owns. The people no longer own it. So take a listen to this. Numbers for buildings for money. What about the people? What about the families that have been destroyed by this fire? And for the record, I will say this, it was not a natural disaster. This emergency proclamation is a fall. And let me tell you why. Because all of the hearings you hear, all of the testimony you hear, all of the social media you hear, it connects the dots to what's happening in Lahaina. Lahaina was our first United Kingdom capital. Funny how all the common people were taken out in one fell swoop of a fire. Fire department, police department on Maui did nothing to get those people out. In fact, they blocked roads. And I can say that with a fact because the people in Lahaina testified to that. The sad thing that I have right now in my hand is this court document. You should not be having this meeting because it was filed. You should not be talking about Lahaina here as it was stated before. Where's the mayor of Maui? Even though this is a housing issue, that's the island he represents. I'm shaking right now because I look at this and if some of you are here really fighting for the people, mahalo. Speak up. Don't be afraid of the rest of the people here. Speak up. Mahalo, Tita. That's our people. And if this is just a money issue for you guys, get out of your seat. Please. 
Nani, you speak about talking to the people. Hold a meeting in Lahaina Civic Center or wherever they have room for and hear the people, hear their stories, hear their heartbreak, hear their, de their demise. You can turn that off because I'm not going to end until I end. And I'm not being disrespectful. You cannot limit the people's voice to three minutes. This is devastation. From the day that fire went on here in Honolulu and all the other islands, the people are the ones who got the, the donations to them. The water, the food, the clothing. Guess what? Coast Guard, FEMA, trying to stop us from going in. While the people inside Lahaina is suffering. Yes, we found other ways to get them there. And I could go on and on with the people who are showing themselves on social media. The celebrities, the president, come on. He couldn't even pronounce names correctly. Why was he here? A photo op or truly for the people? You folks here should be asking the people what they need. Not the representative sitting in state legislature. The people. Unfortunately, and I'm gonna read this real quick, and this goes to the housing authority. Local authority housing or council housing is housing you can live in that is owned by the local authority. No, it should be owned by the people. You have to apply for local authority housing. Your council will assess your needs and decide if you are high priority. Every person in Maui is a high priority right now. There is tons of land in Maui. Why move them to the Big Island? Now you stress Big Island people. Now you take away from Big Island people. There are Maui people who came to Honolulu. I have a friend in here right now, Jessica, who housed Maui people. But yet we got no help. We got no help from the government. But that's how we do in Hawaii. We help. We take care. Correct, as Al said, malama. Please don't make this a job, which all of you obviously have, without, besides those that are really trying to fight for the people. Make this your mission to get these people back on their feet. There's been lots of so-called celebrities saying that they're giving $100 million, all these millions of dollars. Where's the money? The money should not be going into Hawaii Community Foundation or any other foundation. That money should be going directly to the people. Do you know that with that $100 million, you can bring in lumber? And all the people who lost their homes, I guarantee you, majority of the men were construction workers. They can go in. Hawaiian Homestead, I'm, a, I'm on the list. I'm on the top of the list. Hawaiian Homestead, they do a self-help building, which lessens their mortgage. Why not do that? Pull these guys in. Bring their morale back up because they just lost everything. They can help their community build. See, you guys think inside the box. We're thinking outside the box. It's not about money. It's not about money laundering. It's not about taking money from one program to the other so that you guys can collect the money. Take the money out of the limelight and put the people. The sad thing is, and I'm gonna say this even though this might not directly deal with you folks, the officials on Maui have not yet thought about the people. They are thinking about backtracking, backpedaling, name gaming, they're blaming each other. So people are getting fired. People are resigning because the top of the line, the top of the chain refused to take responsibility.
This is not about, oh, we're going to make a memorial. I wish he was here because I would tell him to his face. Lahaina is not about making a memorial. I saw on so much social media that the banyan tree was more important than the people. It's a tree. Yes, it is something that's been there for decades. But guess what? In a couple more decades, another tree will be there for a couple decades. It's not about making a memorial for the people. You want to do a memorial? Help the people rebuild. Get up on your guys' feet and move. Listen to the people because you know what? Our people have so much good ideas. And they're willing to put their hands back on there and help. Allow them to do it. Don't sit here in a round table and make decisions for the majority because you are very much the minority. And I am willing to sit at this table with you guys like the rest of us who are in this room right now and many more who are on the screen. Many more from Big Island, from, from Maui, from Kauai, from Honolulu, and even from Molokai. I have family in Molokai as well. Soon as the fire went on, I called. Get venison, dry it, send it over to Maui. That's how Kanaka Maoli runs. We live off the land. I myself prefer Safeway, but we live off the land. Open the doors, Nani. Open the doors. You know right now you are targeted because of what they see what's going on. Open the doors. Let the people speak. Let the people do. I grew up in housing. Halava housing to be exact. Don't put the people back into a poverty level. They're emotionally and mentally, they're already beat because of this fire. You throw them into a little town in housing, you are the one who's going to make their demise. They will have no hope. That's why we stand here in Honolulu. And I agree with the sentiment. This meeting should not be here. It should be in Maui. From the people, stop making meetings last minute. Because the people couldn't fly from Maui. They don't want money. Everything was lost. Bring it back to where bring it back to where the travesty is. That's on Maui. Understand. I have no problem flying up to Maui. My family is from Maui. Like every other Kanaka, we get family on every single island. Mahalo Tita for fighting for the people. You have no idea how much that means for one person to stand up in front of all of this and stand for the people. Many, many Keokoa's blessings on you. Well, there you have it. This is a real situation in Lahaina. And it's the issue that we have going on there is at the core that people are still struggling with the idea that there's a system left to restore. And unfortunately, it's it's completely rigged. We are, we are at truly a position right now of us versus them. And they're doubling down and they're, they're hoarding, they're hurling up around themselves. They're circling the wagons. And they're going to use every tool and every law in the book for the purposes of protecting themselves. And this type of discussion is important in the stepping of awakening but it's still the process of coming to grips with the reality that the systems that we have are not of us, not for us, 
and will never change for the benefit of us. Much of this that's going on right now is all at the core of that. And the world is struggling with the reality of this fight. We're in a good versus evil fight. Maybe good is too simplistic. Maybe we should say heaven versus hell. Maybe we should say God's army, God's children versus Satan's army and his children. But however you want to phrase it, there's no more middle line. And this is the problem that people are having. And the reason that this is going to continue, in my opinion, for quite some time, because people have not yet grasped the idea that there is no middle ground. There's no gray. It's very clear. Everything they do is on a separate system. Everything we do is subject to their discretion and their system of punishment and punitive nature. Their system is one of reward for crime. Do a criminal act, you get rewarded. Rape a child, you get rewarded. Burn a city down, you get rewarded in the elite circles. Traffic in coke, you get rewarded. Traffic in fentanyl, you get double rewarded. Traffic in kids, you get quadruple rewarded. That's the world that they live in. Our world is go 60 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone, get a ticket. Do 75 miles an hour in a, in a, in a 60 mile an hour zone, you could be charged with in, in unintentional or, or, or potential manslaughter, aggravated assault, or irresponsible, reckless driving. There's all sorts of things they can get you for. And they'll throw the book at you if they want to. I've told you my own story. Violate, violate their rules. Go to episode 64, you'll hear my story. Violate their rules. They throw you in jail without charge until they decide what to charge you, or at least decide to let you know. And you and you endure their things because they don't like what you do, and then use your own tax returns on your own nonprofit to accuse you of a crime you never did. That's true. It's a true story. So the, the situation that we're witnessing in Lahaina is a process of awakening. And our prayers are with them because within this story, there's still this looming effort, which was not brought up in this discussion. We still have missing 1,260 plus children that are not accounted for. So the question is, where are they? Our question, the question we have to ask is, where's the accountability? This testimony that was just given is also extremely important. Because there was a key word at the end. People are broken. They're t- or worn out. They're exhausted. They've lost hope. This is what they count on. This is how they keep maintain their control. Breaking the will of people. And as they break the will of people, then people become subject to them. And in a lower level of existence, which is when you have no hope, they are, you are easily dominated and controlled. And we can argue that. I mean, I can not just argue it. I can present that case spiritually or I can present that face physiologically. It's the same pr- principle at the end. The simplest way to control a, a person who is in jail is just to wear them out. And those sorts of things include deprived sleep, increased levels of stress, creating filthy environments in which you live in. You don't even have to touch a person. 
erratic noise levels, constantly barraging a person with telling them they're not worthy, feeding them lousy food. Hmm. Isn't that funny? That's what you would do to a prisoner if you wanted to break their will and made them compliant to interrogation. And yet what I just listed is how our life works in a general level here across the globe. That's how the elites run this. We are living in a global prison planet under their rule. And so we continue that look and we say, okay, well, who are they really targeting? What was significant about Lahaina? They were defying the elites. They weren't going to sell out. They were defying the elites, and it was the center point of hub for their tribal nation. They represent a threat. There's no attacks that we can see going on against Islam. We don't hear much attacks about people getting getting excoriated, imprisoned, or burned out if you're Buddhist. The Chinese are having a little issue with the Tibetans because the Tibetans don't want to be part of China, so that's why they wage war. We know that the Chinese are going after the Uyghurs. They're going after Fulong Gong, and they're definitely going after the Christians. And the one place across, the one group across the entire globe that everyone's going after are the Christians. Now, why would that possibly be? Because we don't, abide by their authority. We don't recognize their authority. We recognize only the authority through our Savior and to God. And we we know that we don't have anything to lose with them. We have already been given life we've, as long as we accept Christ, and the contract was broken that they had upon us through the blood of Christ. Contract fulfilled and we were freed. It's quite an amazing thing when you think about it and where we are and what is what's happening across the world and the struggle people are having and coming to grips with the fact that we are truly in a spiritual war. And it is one. It's a vicious one. And the only way through this, and this is the part of the prayer for folks in Lahaina, I understand where they are. You hear a lot of references to their ancient culture. I That's fine. But the true force of change will happen when they start to realize the depths and depravity of this evil and they start turning their eyes truly to the one God that will lead them out, which is our God through our Savior, Jesus. And I'm not saying this from an evangelistic point of view, nor am I trying to say this through a place of saying that their past traditions aren't worth anything. But in this war, there's no more middle ground. And it's increasingly clear. And everybody else, all these other faiths, don't have a God that's so strong that will take on all other gods. They have variations of gods. They have natural gods. They have environmental gods. They have gods of the animal kingdom and gods of water and gods of this. But only through Christ and to our Father do we have the the understanding of the true one God and the ability to conquer all. And our Father's amazing. Our Father's absolutely amazing because he's merciful and his justice is mercy. But he also has this unbelievable level of wrath. And the thing that's happened in this world is we continue to work through the system. We continue to look at the system to deliver justice. The system is not going to deliver justice. 
And so there's all the, you know, to get these celebrations of things like, well, the court ruled this and the court did this on the occasion that we get something that's supposedly in our favor. But the only true court of justice is in heaven. And it's the courts of heaven. And God's justice is merciful in ways that we often don't relate to or understand, but we have to trust in it. But in our walk, the greatest thing that we have to start understanding is our walk is not trying to comply with them. Our walk is to defy their rule because their rule is not about us. Their rule is about them. And everything they do would be about them. So in, in this conversation I gave here or I presented here from Lahaina, hat tip to the attempt to try to present a case to persuade these people in words towards doing a good, a common good, and putting the people first. But the fact of the matter is they're already bought and sold, and they've made their deal with whoever they're doing their deal with, and some of them may not have even been directly bought out. They're just wanting to be part of some other cult which is promising them power and control so that they can push their agenda. And therein lies the problem with every single faith in the world, less Christianity. In Islam, when you go to the Hajj, which is the highest step in trying to get to becoming a higher level in Islam, then what you have is a payment system. You have to go through certain pillars that ultimately cost you money. And if you don't have the money, you're never going to ascend to the higher levels of Islam. There's no limitation like that in Christianity. Well, in following Christ, let me put it that way. There is in this certain structure of Christianity, which has become a variation of the Pharisees in so many of our temples today. But in the true following of Christ, there is no limit to access. There's nothing that's telling you you can or can't ascend because you didn't put enough money in the offering plate, because you didn't pay for this event, you didn't do this sort of education. None of that is our limitation. And so as we are witnessing this and we're watching the plea to people to people, this is the ultimate problem that the, that the world is struggling with. And for that matter, many people that are in church today are struggling with the same thing. They're not understanding that who we are dealing with sees us as lesser. And they are part of a different world, a different system, a system that they know benefits them. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to dole out the bits and pieces that they have while still making sure that they are first. Do you know where this is spoken about? This is spoken about in Ezekiel 34, where there becomes a judgment on the shepherds. And unfortunately, where we are in these days, we have forgotten these, this wisdom that God has given us. Because the wisdom of Ezekiel 34 is that God is going to judge the spiritual shepherds. And what he reminds everybody of is that he's tired of his spiritual shepherds feeding themselves the fat and not feeding the people. This is the world that we are in. And with that, we have an obligation, quite frankly, to defy this. Ezekiel 34, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, prophecy against the shepherds of Israel, prophecy and say to them, the spiritual shepherds, thus says the Lord God, woe, judgment is coming to the spiritual shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? 
You eat the fat, the choicest of meat, and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the best of the livestock, but you do not feed the flock. You have not strengthened those who are weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bandaged the crippled, and you have not brought back those gone astray. You have not looked for the lost, but you have ruled them with force and violence. They are scattered because there is no shepherd, and when they are scattered, they become food for all the predators of the field. My flock wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over all the force of the earth, and no one searched or sought them. What's really amazing in these words is they are scattered because there was no shepherd, and when they were scattered, they became food for the predators of the field. We tend to look at this system as if it's all unified. In fact, the principle of this system that we're under is actually quite simple. There are those that truly feed off of the flock. And in so doing, and those they're relatively high up, they're in the places of finance, they're in the places of large policy development. But what that does is it generates the packs of predators that are in the field. And when the flock gets scattered, as has happened in Lahaina, the pack of predators comes out. I don't know if anybody on that city council meeting has ever been bought off. They don't have to because human nature under a system in which they are ruling and are given authority, they will by nature pack up and become predators against those that have been victimized because predators will seek out the weak to feed themselves on. And so it is important in the principle of understanding scripture what God is telling us. And again, my argument, and this is no insult to folks in Lahaina that are suffering through this, but if you're following the ancient ways, you are going to fail. And the reason you're going to fail is the ancient ways are trying to find a solution to a fight using your multiplicity of gods and interesting worship that is not going to have the power to overcome the, that of Satan's force. And it's only through the power of Christ and, and our God that you have the authorities over this. And it's there that as we wield those authorities and we do it more together, that we then can strike down these false shepherds. These are the spiritual shepherds that have gone astray. And the part about government that is broken and why we and it's totally broken, is to understand that when you step into office and in a position to be over people, you become a shepherd. So to all of those politicians, whoever might be, especially our three-letter agencies, because we love you so much and we know you're always listening in, there is a judgment that will come. I don't know the timeline. I'm not worried about it. But what we know when we walk with Jesus is that judgment will come. We also know as we walk with Jesus that their authority means nothing over us because we have authority over them. That will inflame them. Definitely inflame them. But the problem that's being missed, and it's a core piece of even putting new people in office, they need to have that center place of understanding whom they serve. Any politician going into office, if you're going to seek them out and support somebody, needs to have a relationship with Christ to understand that they are going to serve first and foremost their King and Savior. 
that allows them to take on the second most important tier of that, which is to be representative of the people. And when we put those two together, we truly have public servants or servants of the people, servants of the Constitution that will do something. But what happens in a me culture is they don't really serve God. They might put their hand on the Bible and say so, but they're not serving God. They're serving themselves. They're eating the choicest of meat, and they're feeling good about it, and they're seeing the wealth and the, the benefits coming from their position while they tolerate those that they are supposed to represent. And in so tolerating them, they eventually look down upon them and then assume with a rational place in their mind that they're doing the benefit of all the people because they are in a position of power and can dole out the trinkets that they have before them. What we saw in COVIDCon were things like this. I can this is a true case over in a small school district east of my town. A town over there, less than a thousand people that received, or maybe it was like eleven hundred people that received well over a million dollars in COVID con relief. And the part of this is they immediately went to work in instituting mandatory masks and instituting mandatory shots at this small district in a very conservative area of this county. And it was a vicious fight, and eventually they ousted the two problem children off of the, off of the school board and got rid of them, thanks to an effort of one person. One. And it was one person who was homeschooling her kids, working a farm, taking care of the farm itself while her husband worked a job, and she led the fight to oust these dirtbags on the school board. But what was the key that kept them in, in flow with the federal government policy and to do the wrong thing by mandating these evil policies. What it was was that the school board was allowed to use the money to buy themselves new desks, new chairs, new, have offices remodeled, and improve their lives. They were feeding themselves. They were taking the choices of meat. There shouldn't have been a dime taken from that COVID con money. All of it should have been buried deep into things that benefited the children, made them healthier and free. But these people, who I believe were not unreasonable, though they might have been more liberal, I don't think they were unreasonable, became hooked and controlled by an evil of personal gratification and personal reward. They became the, sh the lost shepherds, the spiritual shepherds. Now, they've been removed, fortunately, but not without a tremendous fight. What we're witnessing in Maui is an awakening of people that bought into this woke philosophy, deeply woke. They believed in the sustainable culture. They believed in the renewable culture. They allowed and tolerated the elites to come in and buy land around. And while they resisted it, when all things fell apart, they've really had a shock to their system. And it's a shock to the world, quite frankly, at the level of criminality that's gone on here. I think the bigger shock to all of this is how qu quickly this story has fallen off the news. Two weeks, which was probably unprecedented, but two weeks, and the story's hardly to be found. What's that say about us? What's that say about us as a people, not about Bar's Nation, but what that say about us as a people that are willing to hear a story, and then when it got difficult about the, comp about the idea of who's, who's who, 
that idea of death reporting gets a little boring. It gets a little irritating. Okay, so we got it done. Are you guys done cleaning up the mess? Now you put a curtain around it so we don't really have to look at it anymore. Thank you very much. Let us know when you got the total body count. Oh, it's difficult because they're all incinerated. Hmm, okay, I don't know if I want to waste any more time on that. But President Trump might get arrested. And 1,260-plus children are still unaccounted for. Do you realize that's nearly, that's over a third of the number of people killed, supposedly killed, in 9-11? We think the body count's much higher than they're letting out. But notice the similarities. They can't get an accurate body count in 9-11, even though everybody had some sort of employee roster because of the time of day, the work traffic they don't know, and, of course, the bones are incinerated into dust. Sounds familiar. There is something in that that's deeply dark, 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 dark in the, in the spiritual side of turning bodies into ash and leaving it into dust. Almost like a stick in the eye of the idea of dead bones. And it's there that we have to really focus the prayers is to awaken that power that we carry. Maui needs a miracle, not a miracle of some sort of spell or material thing, but Maui needs to witness a miracle of God. That's why we pray on it. That's why I lead that prayer, because if they witness the true power of the one God, it is all you need to appreciate where you want to walk to win. This isn't about a peace settlement. This is about win or lose. And in this case, this is evil versus good, evil versus kingdom, evil versus the children of God and the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus and God all in one team. And for the ones out here that are maybe on the fence and wondering if, you know, where's the tribal ways? It's their ways they were, but it's time now to accept where this fight's going to be won. So for those in Lahaina and those in Maui, respect totally for the suffering you're going through. Please hear these words. It's time for you to come to Christ. Not because we want to drag you before a cross that you may not understand. Not because we want to make you conform to throw some change in an offering plate because we're not asking that, nor would Christ. But because we want you to step into the place where this victory can be yours. And it can be yours because through the power of the blood, not only will you heal, but you gain the authority over this evil that is now trying to control you and your land. And we join in the bigger body and army of Christ to truly pray against and stand against this evil in this darkest hour. To bring light upon the darkness and to rise up and to be mighty as the children of God. Is it going to happen instantly? The answer to that is I don't know. Because that's going to depend on our heart and that's going to depend on God's will. But I do know this. Nothing is impossible through him. So if we're praying for the restoration of Lahaina, if we're praying for the revival, she says it doesn't matter a tree. To me, a tree does matter because I will guarantee you if that tree was to bloom again in a mighty way and it was known it was a, a gift from God, everything on that island would change. So yes, a tree does matter. And no, I'm not there in Lahaina. 
and I'm not trying to tell them what they think or feel, but I know from a state of a world and a world that's losing focus on Lahaina, you give us a miracle of restoration. We've witnessed that power through our prayers and working with the Holy Spirit and our Father. You watch what happens. Those stupid fences they put up, they won't last. You won't keep people away to return and see something impossible come out of ashes. And as for those children, I don't know where they are. We don't know what's going on. No one seems to want, even in these discussions, somehow people don't want to ask the hard question. Where are the 1,260 plus children that are not reporting to the school district? Where are they? And no one has an answer nor wants to answer it. Were they simply ghost names on a register in school so that they could pill for more money for the school district and those kids never existed? I don't know. Were these kids shuttled out before the fire and trafficked somewhere because there's a whole bunch of missing buses there? I don't know. Where's their families? How bad is the situation? How many people have literally died? How many of those were kids? How many of those were families? How many of those were extended families? Where is the voice that's supposed to be heard of all this pain? And where is the world demanding those answers? And if we're truly going to walk in that place of children of the Most High, these are answers that we must ask, not just simply brush this across. Because we do this all the time. And in my opinion, and it is my opinion because I'm not going to give it as something God gave to me, but my opinion, I see that as a diminishing of our authorities and a weakening of our position as sovereigns on this earth. We're too quick to brush things away, and yet we're too quick to turn to God when things go wrong for ourselves, and yet we're way too slow in coming together as a people when something happens to the collective whole. We all have to reflect on this. But the one thing we are assured of is this. God raised a remnant right now for a reason. I don't know where a bunch of people are in this world. I know where Bars Nation is. That's all I focus on. I don't know where other followers of other channels are when they say they talk about stuff. I don't know where they, I don't worry about it. My focus is what sits before us as a community, Bars Nation. And as I see it, the way we've walked and the way we've come together, we are walking the path of remnant. So it's time always to be reminded of that, and it is always that we must live into that. And as a remnant, we have to think of ourselves like Gideon's army, because it was only 300 that scattered the bigger army. It was only 300 that remobilized the 22,000 that left. That's the power of the few. That's the power of a remnant walking with the Holy Spirit and leaning into God and embracing our authorities that Jesus gave us. And when we walk that path, we may not see the thunder and skies open right away and strike down evil, and we may not see the floods fill, but we know that there's power in prayer. And we know that God hears those prayers. And as we put ourselves humbly before him without the issues of vengeance and malice, but simply making the plea from the love and forgiveness of our heart to bring about a miracle of healing, that becomes our greatest mission, to heal the sick. And that takes us right back, right back 
to the power of what the judgment is in Ezekiel 34. That the churches will be judged, the spiritual prophets will be judged on those that have been on healing, on casting out demons, and raising the dead. And of course, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we're humbled as we sit here tonight and deeply still weighted by this issue that lives in Lahaina, the continued darkness that continues to lurk there and the people that are forgotten. So, Father, our prayers are a little different tonight in this struggle that all those are having in Lahaina to try to rationalize with corrupted institutions of men that are being run by corrupted people that see their power as them for themselves and for an institution that has nothing to do with you. We see and hear and witness through the ways that we can the struggle of the people of Lahaina, rationalizing and trying to resolve an issue that to them is very unnatural, that their representative government is not representing them. Father, we know that this is a hand of darkness. It's a play here. And worse, it's a, it's a hand of corrupted hearts that have missed their way and, and deviated from their path to be led down some darkness where they see themselves as not just representatives of the people, but rulers of the people. Father, our prayer tonight is a great encounter, an awakening, a stirring of the hearts of the people of Lahaina. I respect, and as I know you respect, the histories that we carry. But this is a moment in time that our prayers go to breaking the chains and the bonds of the histories that we carry to awaken our hearts to the future and what's before us. To open the doors that only you can open that Jesus himself can lead us through. So Father, our prayer is for the encounter with Christ for each and every one that suffered loss in Lahaina. An encounter so profound that there can be no denying who our King and Savior is. How they choose remains theirs to choose. But a people of deep spirituality as they are in Lahaina, I don't believe there will be any difficulty making that choice. But we do pray for the encounter. And Jesus, we, with the authorities declared and given to us, we ask you to please bring that encounter to be. We ask you to make your presence known in the many forms you can. And Father, we continue to pray for a miracle in Lahaina, a miracle to resurrect the glory and beauty of the flora and fauna that existed in that space, a miracle that will revive the children lost so the voices can be heard, a true miracle for the world to witness that all eyes be drawn to Lahaina, not cast away, not drifting away, not disinterested because now it's dragging out and it's a couple weeks and we still don't have information, but a moment of such profound change happening in Lahaina that no one can look away. And in so doing, what they experience, what they see, what they encounter is a glimpse at the one true God. So, Father, that is our prayer. We place that before you at the throne, asking, declaring a miracle for Lahaina and an awakening of the hearts for the people with the encounter with Jesus himself. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. So, 
it is an important time for us to come together, to have great strength in our armies. The one army of Christ to come together under the banner as the many tribes unite. We truly want greatness for Lahaina. I do. And I don't want to hear their stories go away. I just want to see their love and understanding of the greater love in Christ grow. And that's a deep root that needs to be fed. And if it is, I truly believe what we'll witness over there will be something greater than we can ever imagine. So keep your prayers up for Lahaina. Now, patriots, with that, I have two final prayers this evening, if you'll join me. This is prayers for healing for our own. So, Father God, we come to you tonight, and and authority is given to us by Jesus and the blood of the cross. And tonight, Father, we're praying for two people of our own, and we're declaring healing. We pray for Punky, our, our mod, who as of late, having suffering what seems to be a number of, of dark attacks to keep her unhealthy, to try to destabilize the family. So, Father, we're praying for, a, praying for a hedge of protection around her family, around herself. We're praying for the presence of the Holy Spirit to simply flow into her life, into her, all of her family, her children, her husband, and to strictly to pu- and to purely push out any evil, any evil that's present and attempting to derail this family for whatever reasons, be it Bard's Fest, be it just because you've decided it was a good idea as evil to prey upon somebody this of this caliber, we rebuke you completely. In fact, any evil coming near this family in any capacity is will be bound to speak the words, Jesus is Lord for eternity, and Jesus, we present you with any of these demons to do with you, do with them as you wish. Father, we ask for a blessing across this entire family for now and for forevermore, and especially with their pursuit to leave the place they're at in Illinois and to relocate to some land and find an anchor point where they can build a homestead. We ask for that blessing and those doors to open, to release them from those connections where they are and to set free their path truly in a walk in Christ to bring about a greatness for kingdom in a place to be stewarded and raised up in the glory of all the kingdom is and all that their love for children continues to be. Bless them and guide them in Christ Jesus' name. And Father, we also pray for Truth Patriot tonight, one of our own, whose wife is now coming into a a CAT scan this week for having gastronomic problems and is suffering through some ills in her body. We're praying that this will just be healed immediately. And we place our hands out here and we pray healing and, and immediate and declare healing over her and, and over th- this entire family. We place a hedge of protection around them in their home. We raise them up in the glory of Christ and we're just declaring healing over all things that they're dealing with. And Father, we're just we're praying this in the mightiness of the, of the authorities given to us that this hedge of protection will prevent any inch access to the demonic free them and break them from the bonds of the past that anything may be lingering and to simply flow through them in the Holy Spirit from toe to head and head to toe, from kingdom to earth. Fill them, bless them, and heal them in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.
we can and we will continue to overcome heal, overcome heal, overcome evil in such an amazing way. So continue to pray into those things. Continue to take authority over evil. God did not make us imperfect. God made us perfect. And with that, anything that's been derailed, we simply need to unhook from, from the past or from our present and step into a greater place in the world. So, Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bat evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something.